What's going on, everyone? This is Griffin McDonald, the host of Fit Check, a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them. Everybody, this is Fit Check, a podcast about personal style and the stories behind them. This is Grace Patton with my co-host Griffin McDonald. What's going on? This week we have Gray Thomas joining us, a USC student that runs the Instagram account Soda City Thrifts. Gray is an advertising major from Fort Mill, South Carolina, graduating 2022. So Gray, how are you today? I'm good. How are you today? Thank you for the introduction. Of course, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so to get started before the interview, we'll start with a little fit check. So what are you wearing today? <laughs> so, um, kind of caught me off guard here, but today I'm wearing just this striped, uh, long sleeve polo. Um, my, I guess I don't know if I should pronounce them the Redskins anymore, but the Washington Redskins, uh, <laughs> 1990, yeah, uh, the football team, but, uh, the previous Redskins Super Bowl hat, um, from 88 and then just some Nike shorts um, but besides that nothing much with this like sort of rainy weather kind of took it easy today mm. yeah I feel that I'm just in a big comfy sweatshirt yeah <laughs> I'm just in like a t-shirt and, and Levi's you said that hat's from 88 um, I'm pretty sure it's really it's whatever Super Bowl um, they won XXVI can't remember I get mine always mixed up it, well, yeah, it's 92, not 88, but 92. Okay. Cool. Where'd you oh. find that one? Um, So I pulled this one at an event that um, I did in July called 84 Flea. It's in Charleston, South Carolina, and it's like a bunch of other accounts to do the same thing that I do. And um, I obviously was a vendor there, so I got there earlier than everyone else and kind of had first dibs. And this guy was getting rid of it, rid of it for $5. So um I had to grab it for $5, and like my, my parents are from Northern Virginia, so um, I grew up a, um, a Redskins slash football team fan, so um, <laughs> I think I've worn this like every day this week. So <laughs> yeah. going into going into what you do, do you want to explain a little bit about what Soda City Thrift says in your own words? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Soda City Thrifts is a... Um, Instagram account, um, just turned LLC. Um, I sort of just specialize in, in hand-picked um, thrift shop clothing that um, I, I'd like to resale, resell to mainly students um, at the University of South Carolina. We, like, I like to follow vintage and I like to keep up with like the vintage aroma, but um, Mine is more or less like I sell to broke college kids. So I've had to find my target audience as not a lot of people like, you know, people who appreciate um, thrifting and vintage, but not on like a $100 t-shirt scale and like, you know, sort of a designer um, cost. So I'm typically like selling mine for, you know, 10 to $30. And um, a lot of people have liked it ever since I started. So I just continued to, and it's sort of a passion of mine. Like I grew up with my mom taking me into Goodwills and and Marshalls and things that 
that, you know, we, we were always trying to find a deal. So um, we, like, I kind of just look at this as a passion and it, it's grown into a business. It definitely started as a passion, but it, it's something that really, like, it, it helps me with stress. It's sort of like retail therapy, especially like the surprise that you get each time you go. It's, it's different every time, you know, you get a different experience. Sometimes it's, it's like a gold mine and sometimes, you know, you get nothing. Yeah, definitely. That's really awesome. So I noticed that you started at the beginning of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So what like made you like up and go and start this account? Okay, so that's a cool question. Um, in high school, we did a um, this class that was called virtual enterprise. And you know, you come up with the business plan and you present it to state business people. And then eventually, you know, we moved on to nationals. And our idea was a vacation um, like planning sort of software, something like Trivago or like, um, TripAdvisor. And it was just so complex. It was so hard to get like a real, um, scale on, and you know, get real legitimate numbers. It was just too complex. And I had this idea sort of in the back of my head since then, cause I would always go to Goodwill or, you know, local thrift shops and only shop for me. And I wear an awkward size, so I would never find the stuff that was in my size. And then um, when COVID hit, um, I was working at Groucho's in Five Points, and I they the inside dining cut off, so um, they cut our shifts in half, and I was not getting um, as many shifts as I would like. So I took um, my last paycheck from them, and you know went on a thrift run to all the Goodwills, like from Columbia to Charlotte, and started off right there. So I think I spent like. 90 something dollars on my first run and then um sort of just started posting and that that was right when I had joined um the fraternity I'm in so I was you know I didn't have many people to sell this to and it was kind of hard to market at that point in time with, with not a lot of money and the, especially not seeing anyone on campus there wasn't much word of mouth so um the fraternity was like kind of where I started and before I even started the account I was I was selling to a lot of those kids and then they were telling their friends and then they were telling their friends and it sort of just like picked up word of mouth and um covid was definitely um the reason that i started it because it kind of took me down and and said you know you don't have any more excuses the only thing you have now is time so like let's see let's see where this idea takes you and that's sort of exactly what happened and um as much as you know, there were the negatives with COVID. I, I think there were a lot of positives from a business point of view, and it, and it really, you know, inspired a lot of people to get, and it forced a lot of people to get creative on on how they're gonna sell things or even just communicate, you know, their product to to everyone else. And um, I learned a lot, and I'm still learning a lot every day. By no means am I where I want this to be. You know, there's a lot, a lot where I want it to go. What was the what was the hardest? Uh kind of part of, of doing this through COVID? Was it the not being able to get your business out there or was it more of just like, I'm just stuck inside and it's terrible? So that's a good question. Um, it was, I guess it was a little bit of both because like I'm a, I'm a very outgoing person. I, I like to, you know, form relationships and I always like to just talk to new people. And um, when that kind of ended for, or I wouldn't say ended, but took a break, um, you know, I, we weren't in five points. I, I, I wasn't at the parties. We weren't doing anything to where I could, you know, sort of 
bring Soda City Thrifts into the conversation. I was sort of having to, you know, force it onto people um, in the beginning. And I realized that, you know, that wasn't working. So um, it, it was hard to get the name out in the beginning. Um, you know, so I started doing things like giveaways and, um, you know, really just selling my stuff for pennies on the dollar. Like, I mean, I was making, you know, really nothing in the beginning, but that wasn't what was important to me. It was making money at all. It was more or less just like seeing this idea that, you know, something that, you know, I, I created and seeing where it could go and knowing that there were plans for it in the futures. And then like the, the second hardest thing was, a lot of kids didn't want to pay for shipping when I was in the same city as them. So um, obviously when we're not on campus, like what, what I was doing was, um, you know, like now I'll, I'll sell something and someone will meet me at like Thomas Cooper or um, somewhere in Russell House and I'll just drop it off to them. But before then, because um, like, oh, $5 for shipping, like that's so much, like you know, obviously thanks to Amazon for coming in with the free two day shipping that I couldn't really afford to do. So instead, I mean, I was, you know, selling like 15 t-shirts per story sale and driving them all individually to each person's house. And that wasn't ideal, but, um, you know, I felt that my customers, my like they appreciated that I would, I was willing to go that little extra mile. And, um, a lot of those people in the beginning are still, you know, customers today. And they, they, we talk about it all the time. Like you remember when you dropped that shirt off at the house or, um, things like, so sort of in the non-contact was a big thing too. So I just have to drop it off on people's porches, but, um, it, it's really cool. And, you know, now I wouldn't say it's easier, um, with Pete, with campus back up and running, but just like the, the resources at hand, um, are a lot more accessible and, so are are the consumers and as well as myself like I'm just I'm forcing myself to get out of the house I was kind of like a homebody all of COVID I think as we all were so mm-hmm. just the motivations there again and it's something new every day so um, it, it's very enjoyable so going back to your growth because I know that you said you sold to a few people and it kind of spread through word of mouth um I noticed that you had kind of like a quick growth on your account in a short amount of time so is that something that you kind of had in the beginning a little bit because of those people you sold to in your fraternity and their friends or was the Instagram kind of like a fresh start and you had to build it all the way up? So I think it was a good combination of both. I set very like sustainable like standards to measure. Like if you go back to the post um, that I posted at the beginning of this year, um, I recorded like my stats for 2020 and then I set my goals for 2021. And at that point in time, I had like 400 followers and uh, my goal was a thousand. And I think I checked earlier today, I'm at like 953 or something. So like just setting, I, I feel like in, this wasn't like my first business venture. Like I always try to do something way too complex. Like the simplicity of this is I think what makes it work. And um, like really setting that, that metric to is a realistic one to say, okay, you know, I'm not trying to get 20,000 followers in, uh, like, I'm not, you know, I wish I was, I was Brewski Brew and could just pop up on TikTok, you know, and like just explode one day, but you know, I, I'm not. So I had to really just like, 
it, it was the consistency and um, setting those goals and then, you know, like I, I, I write them on my wall and then every day I look at it and say like, you know, we're still on track. Continue to go and don't just get to the goal, like go past it, just set, you know, set one and then have some motivation. And that, that was really like, it, it was quick, um, like a quick growth, I would say to a thousand followers. Cause I started it at, obviously at, at zero and, um, just didn't, I haven't done any like paid advertisements or, um, anything along those lines. It's been strictly like word of mouth and then, um, events and, um, like, giveaways and, and things along those lines but um now now with the advertising major and really being able to do some of the like hands-on practical stuff um with advertising i, I think that my 2022 um goals are going to be a lot higher than than 2021 and it, it'll be cool to kind of mix all of that in of you know the the word of mouth and the relationships of building with people the events the paid advertisements the content um, hopefully a website and, and just kind of mixing it all together and, and seeing what happens. Yeah. Was there like, was there ever a, a kind of like a, a turning point moment where you were like, Ooh, this could actually be something that, that is like sustainable and like grows to like almost 10,000 followers. What was that? Was there ever a point where you were like, this wasn't working before, but now it's like, okay, this is like something that could be something huge for me. Yeah, um, for sure. I would say, you know, it, the thought of, you know, getting to that point is on the front of my mind every single day, sometimes, you know, all day. And um, there were a lot of doubts in the beginning, but I didn't hold myself to, you know, way, way, way too accountable to, like, I'm not Superman, you know, or like, I'm not God. So like, I wasn't like, you're just going to turn this account into a you know, a million dollar business while you're a full-time student and you, all these other things. So like, it, it kind of took over like my, my mental health at a point in time too, um, with like COVID did, I should clarify. And, you know, obviously I think it did for a lot of people. And this really brought me out of that element. Like I, I struggled a lot with self-doubt in the beginning of the business, but also like in, in my entire life. So, you know, especially like putting yourself at like, you know, the vulnerability of, standing on campus with t-shirts like ten dollar t-shirts you know it's kind of like scary in a sense it brings me a little bit of anxiety in the beginning and then when you realize like people appreciate what you're doing and, and people are taking notice like it's sort of like i can see in myself a little bit of like conquering self-doubt and i think that's something i've battled with a lot so i would definitely say there was self-doubt um but I think that's natural in, in all business owners is, you know, that's that risk. There's always going to be some doubt because there's rational thinking behind it of, you know, what if this doesn't work? The, the cool thing was with me was there wasn't as much risk financially. You know, it was that one ninety seven dollar trip to Goodwill's um, that started it all. And and that was it. The rest of the business really pays for itself. Like I don't there's not much money. Um, that that requires to be spent. It's it's a lot of saving, and um, you know I've got bigger plans to. So now I'm kind of like there's no employees yet. It's just me and my girlfriend who do a lot of the shopping and then the posting and then the um, running the account. So it's really just me and her, and, and we we go you know all over Colombia and and we post and we drive them all around to people or meet up 
And, um, you know, I eventually would love to have employees and, and things along those lines and, and just sort of set like a, like a, an actual business. I mean, it's a business now, but right now it, it feels more like a self-employment and I'm trying to get to the stage to where I can run a business. Yeah, going into that, um, so I know you're graduating soon. When you graduate, do you plan on just focusing on this or are you thinking about like doing the typical college degree nine to five and do this on the side or do you want to like fully embrace yourself in this? Yeah, so um, that's actually a really good question. And I think that's something that, you know, I don't really know yet. Um, I have like I'm working over the summer, I worked full time at Bank of America in Charlotte. So like not a lot of my time was able to be focused on Soda City Thrifts. I think I posted like two times this summer, which obviously is, is never like a good thing, especially when consistency drives this entire thing. So um, I will say that I enjoy this a lot more than that. The only thing is that um, like I have, I'll have college debt. So um, my plan would be to do both and, you know, it's going to be sort of, not sort of, it's going to be hard and it's going to be a lot of hours and a lot of tedious grinding, but, um, you know, that's just part of it. And to get, you know, where I want to be, I know it's going to be a lot of hours, a lot of, you know, a lot of late nights, early mornings. And, um, you know, I would love to do both for three or four years and then eventually get to the point to where I can graduate from a nine to five and, I, I can focus on my stuff, but, um, you know, I would love to take a court, like a nine to five jobs money, um, especially a bank. So like taking their money along with just building the business's account so I can open things like storefronts, like, you know, get employees, run all kinds of paid advertisements, um, you know, have a lot, a lot, a lot of inventory, th- things along those lines. So I think I'm just going to grind it for, you know, three or four years, even after school and continue to keep it, um, like my main, like, I think it will be a full-time job, but a side hustle. So like, you know, while I'm working a full-time job and I know that's a lot and, you know, I, I put a lot on my plate ten, typically too much, but, um, I, I think it's just part of the game and, and, you know, learning it and taking it day by day is the biggest thing for, for me at least. Yeah. Do you think, since okay, obviously, like thrifting, that whole that whole world is having a huge, huge moment right now. Everyone and their mother is buying thrifted clothes. Do you think that this the the thrifting wave is like is sustainable, or do you think it's more of like a fad trend type beat? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, you know, I try to keep up with the industry. Um, I really enjoy you know, conversating with other accounts, especially at USC, like, I, I promise y'all, I'm not the only one, there's, there's plenty of them. And, um, you know, what I've noticed in, in Columbia is that we all like, for the most part, work together. And, and we've formed, um, like a little network to where um, we, we try and keep each other involved as much as possible with industry trends. Um, but my, my thing is like, the whole thing behind really thrifting that I feel like a lot of people like, obviously is the the affordability of it, but along with like the sustainability, like, I mean, like Sheen, for example, like it's affordable, but like you wear, you know, like most of the time you wear it one time and then it's gone because it's so cheap, you know, or, you know, like the, Mm -hmm. the summer bathing suits, like, like at least from my girlfriend's perspective, like, you know, it's a new set of bathing suits each summer. 
And I think the cool thing about thrifting is most of the material, um, especially from a vintage, like 90s, to early 2000s point of view, is the material was better. And mm. like a lot of it lasts. And I think that the sustainability will come from, you know, the recyclingness of it and, and just more people getting involved. And then also like sort of pledging to, to stay away from people like Sheen and things along those lines of where, I mean, we're, and I have nothing really against Sheen. I, I wish I could shop, you know, like that. But my biggest thing is I enjoy so much of like the Goodwill or the local thrift shop. Um, it's just like something I can't really um, get behind with Sheen, but not, nothing against anyone who shops with Sheen. I just think eventually the industry is going to continue to, I feel like there's just a, you know, support local is huge. Um, going green is huge and thrifting kind of goes right in the middle of all of that. So, I mean, we'll see. I hope it stays sustainable. Um, if it doesn't, I mean, I guess there's not as much that I can control over, but I think that it's sort of like skateboarding, you know, it's going to go away and come back and go away yeah. and come back. And but then there's it, always going to be, be like those day one kids. It's going to be put in the Olympics, just like skateboarding, thrifting. <laughs> right. So I noticed that um, you only really sell like t-shirts and sweatshirts, like things for the top of the body, right? So is that like a niche thing and something you did on purpose from the beginning or like was that unintentional and you just found yourself doing that? So um, in the beginning, it was definitely um, unintentional um, in a sense of I just wasn't and still am not as educated, I I would say, on, on bottoms rather than tops. Like I have a pretty good eye for things that I, I see people wear. And typically I feel like it has to do with, I pay a lot more attention like when we're walking past people to what their shirt says rather than what pants they wear. So my eye for tops, I would say it's just more natural, but like the bottom, the bottoms kill, they kill it in, in the end, like in the marketplace, in the industry, like the jeans and like, and I keep anything I find from Goodwill that fits me that, um, you know, it's denim, like the Levi's, I love the Levi jeans that are already broken in before you got them or like the hiking pants. Like I just haven't really, I'm a small guy anyways. Like I wear like a 32 waist, so I don't really know. I got to do a lot more research and, you know, educate myself more on what the consumer is doing and what sizes people are wearing and, um, sort of either bring someone else in to help out with that or just, you know, spend some time educating myself more. But, you know, I never really thought about that until you brought it up. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going through your account and realized that. And I know pants are a really hard thing to conquer. I can barely find pants that fit me generally. So (laughs) I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine having to find it for your entire follower base. So here, I I have a question for you then as a consumer. Um, Okay. Do you... Do you shop for pants online or do you like to go in person and shop for pants? That is a really good question. Okay, so... It depends. It depends, I think. Because I know, like, my size. Like, I know my size to a T, but it's, it's, like, certain pants, like the Levi's, like, 505. Sometimes they fit a little bit weird. The inseam isn't isn't, uh, as long or as short as I would like it to be. Or they don't tell you that they're, like, baggy, like, wider jeans. And that happened with the pair of jeans I have now. 
I thought they were just like normal, just like straight cut jeans. They're like super baggy, like jean co type B jeans. And I don't know, it's tough. I would like to go in person and like try them on just to make sure they fit. But sometimes I don't have that luxury, especially if they're like exclusive pants or like they're only sold in like a certain area. Yeah, I have a lot of trouble finding pants um, because I go thrifting a lot and I don't know if guys have trouble with this too, but me thrifting for pants is atrocious. I um, I like to wear like kind of like baggier pants. So um, a lot of other girls don't have that fashion. So if I'm shopping in the girl section, they don't really have my style at all. And if I go in the guy section, I have no idea what size I would be in that section so sometimes i'll like see a pair of pants that are in the guy section and like pick them up and bring them home and be disappointed when they literally just don't fit me at all but mm-hmm. um i don't i actually just don't buy pants a lot because i have so much trouble finding them but now that i'm looking back i think that all of my favorite pants are ones i've bought online only because people have like recommended that website and basically those exact pair of jeans to me or hand-me-downs. I always mm-hmm. find good hand-me-downs from, like, my cousins and stuff. Right. But yeah, pants are I, extremely hard. <laughs> definitely. And that's what I'm saying is, like, a lot of accounts don't, like, at least the ones that I keep up with don't, there's, like, a, a strict thing on no refunds, you know, no refunds. And I'm, I understand that from a point of view. It's, like, a hassle. But with me, like, if it doesn't fit you and I sold it to you, I'm not going to just, you know what I'm saying, make you keep it. Like, I can get it back and sell it to someone else you're that not you don't it. have the same yeah you don't you don't have the same following that you know the marketplace that I do so I'm not as worried about that I just know that it is a hassle when people want to return things and pants are I would say one of the hardest things to you know know if they fit until you have them on so and if I had a storefront I think I would definitely um have a lot of pants and bottoms and cause the, the markup is way bigger than t-shirts, but, mm-hmm. um, just for now, at least it's, a, you know, it, it kind of is a hassle and I do do refunds and returns just because, you know, that's just kind of who I am as a person. Like I'm not, again, I'm not going to make anyone keep something they don't want, but, um, so I, I definitely want to go down that avenue. I just kind of want to sit with it and, and figure out a sustainable way to to actually make it work rather than just, you know, either ripping people off or making people pay for something that doesn't fit them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, if you ever find a pair of camo pants, like real tree camo pants, uh, can I just like reserve those just right now, just in case? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking for for some myself. So I will, especially with the winter season coming around, which is my favorite season. So I mm-hmm. have seen the real tree camo like start to take off. And I, I, you know, I like the aesthetic, especially like the outdoor sort of aesthetic. And it definitely looks good with a lot of stuff. So I will 100%. Well, what size do you wear? That's the first question. You said you know it to a T. Usually it's like a 32 and then the inseam could be anywhere from a 31, nah, 32 to a 32. Okay. Word. No, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Word. We got the hookup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I saw that you did a few pop-up shops. Um, how did you like get into that? Is that some, is it like the word of mouth? You knew people that also did that. Um, and that's how you found your way. I know you said you had like a little team of all 
the Instagram account thrift stores in Colombia. So is that something that you found through them or kind of found yourself? So, well, in the beginning, I did them myself. And instead of really like trying to join an event, I was the event. So like I was literally doing it. I live at the retreat. So like obviously, I mean, that's a hike, but I was, you know, doing it off my front porch and um, people were coming. So, you know, once that first one took off and it's just so much easier to sell things in person you know there's no the inventory is right on spot you can keep track of it the transaction is one transaction you know there's no shipping and it and it's gone and most of the time people know they like it before they buy it and um there's not as many like people who want to return something so like the pop-up shops are my favorite part of it one two you know because i can meet people and I can conversate with them and they can kind of put, you know, a face to the, to the account and to the brand. And, um, they can kind of just see, you know, I'm just a, another college student who, you know, goes to class, he takes five classes just like them, you know, and, and they, I feel like people appreciate that w when they see it in person, like, especially when, you know, I, I try to like set the shop up like an actual pop-up shop. Like it looks like they're, you know, it's a store, but just outside, like there's tents, you know, there's tables, there's racks, there's mirrors, there's my logo everywhere. And, you know, I feel like people appreciate that. So um, it's just really cool to also talk to people and to see what people are wearing when they come to these events and like see what put, put sort of like a person, like a first impression personality to what people are buying. And, um, I feel like the stuff that in person, it's weird because especially when I do the stuff on campus, cause there's, you know, it, it's more or less the, the foot traffic of people walking by almost like a soda city uh, marketplace instead of me having to get the foot traffic to come to me. I'm just kind of there. And it's cool to see like all the people who didn't come on purpose, but the things they're interested in buying, like stuff that's been on, you know, in my closets for like, like six months and no one online has bought it. And then, you know, some random person comes through and they, and they, and they pick it up and they're like, this is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen before. I'm like, really? Like, you know, I've kind of been trying to get rid of this for a while. And, um, it's just cool. Like to, I, my favorite events are the ones that I've done on campus. Obviously you can't really beat like 20, you know, six, 30,000 kids walking through mm -hmm. the middle of, you know, Russell house on, at two o'clock on a, thursday so it, it's like really cool to see how many people are like really into the thrifting community and especially in person and i'm i've just i'm kind of sick of the covid stuff like not like anything you know like nothing political at all i'm just saying like in general like from a business point of view like just in a mental health point of view like i just feel like such a better person now i can get out and and talk to people again and, yeah i completely and connect agree. with people yeah and it's just been a cool, cool ride so far. And if, if I could go back and change it, I, I don't think I, you know, I would at all. I think it's just all of this is meant to happen this way. And, you know, I kind of just trust in the process. Just going back to like individual kind of uh, events or not individual events, but individual like pieces. Has there ever been like a piece that you found at Goodwill that you really wanted to keep for yourself, but you couldn't because someone offered you uh, a, an absurd price that you would love to take or whatever other reason? Yeah, um, I feel like that's happened a few times, actually. Um, so I was actually at the bins, and if y'all aren't familiar with the bins, it's instead of, like, shopping piece by piece, it's you shop per pound. 
So you get like, a, it's like a dollar eighty nine per pound of clothing. So that could be like you know three t shirts or one heavy jacket. So there was one of those you know like NASCAR Chase Authentic um, race like racer jackets, like the the um, thick ones and it's almost like bomber right. feeling, but like just with the advertisements all over it. It was a UPS one. It was it was awesome, and and you know I wasn't gonna let it go. And, sorry, I have a dog. <laughs> But so it was the UPS sort of like Chase Authentics NASCAR jacket, and um, I wanted to keep it as a as a decoration for what I thought would eventually be my shop. But um, instead, I just had it hanging up as decor at a pop up shop on campus, and this girl like kept eyeing it and eyeing it. She'd walk past, pick it up, look at it. I'm like, I don't know if it's for sale, and she's like, Are you sure? And then she comes back. She goes, You know, well will you take a hundred dollars for it? And at the time I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, still, I'm not sure if I will let it go, but you know, when the money part is cool, but like just from someone showing that much interest in it and then her telling me that, you know, her dad is like a diehard, um, I can't remember the driver, but it's just a diehard, that driver fan. And you know, she, his birthday is next weekend. And that kind of thing is like, it's more or less the story of someone, um, who who really wants something and I know that it's going to a good home better than just you know sitting up in my room for me to look at like it's going to a, a good home it's almost like a dog you know like if you're at an adoption shelter you want it to go to a good home so that's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt w- with that specific piece but I don't know if I would have that strength <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would feel I mean, bad if I didn't give it away I, I, would, I would feel, feel I would feel really bad especially for that story I think for that girl I would but if it was like anything else I would be like nope <laughs> sorry so do you have any like personal fashion items that you like love and will never ever give up yeah um Anything Washington Redskins or football team, um, I tend to never let go. Um, I, I'm like big on sports, so like anything really vintage, like '90s South Carolina, where you know we weren't great, so they weren't making a whole lot of you know stuff to sell because there wasn't a huge market for it. I like to keep um, in like I I really like worn denim. Um, because they did all the hard work for me or like worn Carhartt jackets, um, stuff that's kind of been broken in. So I kind of like, I grew up skateboarding. um, So it kind of was like, you know, I started like five or six years old. So before I really like knew um, what fashion or like how I wanted to dress was, I was kind of already doing it just by the natural things I was buying for like durability like when I was skateboarding like the corduroy pants and um Mm -hmm. the like baggy clothes and baggy tees and and hoodies and like I've always sort of just my my fashion tends to be based on my mood when I wake up that morning that I I don't pick my outfits out the day before because I I look forward to in the morning going what do you feel like today and how do you want to express it so like I wouldn't say I really you know have a fashion um, like some like a trend or anything along those lines. I kind of just just go with the flow, and it's all based on my mood. And and my mood changes so frequently that it's really fun to sort of tie in what I'm wearing to you know my mood. But 
I will say I am like a nut for center check Nike hoodies. Like they're they're hard to find, but it's like the, those things are are beautiful. So I'm definitely trying to find some more um, before the winter season. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Greg. This was an awesome interview. Had a lot of fun talking to you about thrifting, social thrifts, and all that. But uh, most importantly, where can the people find you on social media or wherever you can be found? Right. Um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. That's that's the hub right now. To um, you know, I'm looking to expand to a website, but for now, Instagram is the best place. It's at Soda City Thrifts. It's all one word. Um, I'm sure it will be in the title of, of this podcast, but. Um, I'm on Depop as well with the same um, Soda City Thrift. So um, check me out on those platforms and um, feel free to shoot me a DM um, if you just want to chat or, you know, if you have any questions. And um, I I look forward to to talking to some of y'all. You can follow us on Instagram at FitCheckPod, where we will be posting behind-the-scenes content and fit pics and a mood board to go along with every single episode every single Friday. Our producer and editor is Joshua Teckel, and this podcast is a production from the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Find out more about Garnet Media Podcast and other student work at garnetmedia.org.